Good evening and welcome to this special edition of Let's Talk Vets. Our mission is simple, provide news, information, and entertainment for area vets, active service members, and, of course, their families. We consistently seek interviews and news concerning agencies, organizations, and individuals to highlight benefits, services, and ideas of interest to our veterans. Good evening, Vinny and Dan. Good evening, Good Doug. evening, Doug. How are you? Doing right. very, very, very good. Well. Okay. Uh, we're here. Uh, we're here with Let's Talk Vets. I'm Dan Rigney, the general manager of WJFF. Uh, joined in the studio with uh, uh, other volunteer uh, Vince Gallo, uh, and of course Doug Sandberg, uh, staff sergeant uh, extraordinaire, uh, and host of Let's Talk Vets. And it's the fun drive here at WJFF. We need you to call in support of Let's Talk Vets here on WJFF. 845-482-4141. Mr. Sandberg walked in the door here at WJFF a little over a year ago with an idea, and we decided to let him run with it. This is, is, November will be my 16th month. 16th, 16th month, and that's a long pregnancy. But who's counting? Uh. (laughs) Who's counting? 845-482-4141. We are so delighted to have Doug uh, as an added voice. And as Doug said, uh, he wanted to bring a program that uh, could speak to the vets and could speak to their families. And for us as well, we we see that this program actually speaks to the greater community because certainly vets are here in the community, in southern Catskills, in northeast Pennsylvania. Our job as a station is to bring the community voices together. So even if you don't have a vet in your family, uh, you probably know one. Uh, you are probably interested to find out all the great things that uh, vets are doing in the community uh, and also what is available to them so that when you run across somebody who might have a need, um, Doug can be there and be a resource for you. And Doug, uh, um, as a general manager and an, an extra challenge for you, we have a challenge on the uh, on the books for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. Anonymous in Youngsville has okay. put down $250. Uh, and so we need to make uh, that $250 in matching pledges uh, by the end of your program. So well, we have just a little under an hour to do it. I remember what happened last year. We had a similar situation. Right. And just before we went on, you said, I, I don't think the vets will step up to the plate. I, and I said, oh, <laughs> oh confer. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say that? Oh, okay. I <laughs> never <laughs> doubt I Oops. never doubt what listeners can do, and I certainly know that our veterans in the in the area and our and the families of veterans and friends of veterans they know how to meet challenges. So the way you can do that is to call eight four five four eight two four one four one. Vinny and I are here to answer the phones here. Uh, whatever the amount that you can give towards this $250 challenge, think of it as doubling your investment. So if you have $10 you're given to the station, thank you very much. That's going to become $20 for us. $25 becomes $50, $100 becomes $200. And until we reach this $250, uh, your pledge is doubled. So call now, 845-482-4141. Support Let's Talk Vets and all the great volunteer-fueled program here at WJFF. That's what I just wanted to add, that there's a lot of programming on WJFF that are pro- that is produced by local volunteers mm-hmm. like Doug, like uh, my wife, Honor, and myself, and, and so many other volunteers who give up their time and energy. They're not on salary. They don't get paid. Nope. Yet they bring you this great, wonderful, locally produced programming for you to enjoy. And it doesn't come for free because the station has bills to pay to keep the lights on, to keep the tower running, to keep all the equipment functioning. So we need your support to continue this locally produced programming. 845-482-4141 is the way to do it. And the, the good thing we have is is the ability to take a deep dive into these subjects. We're mm-hmm. not um, constrained by the typical limits of commercial radio, although we understand you're all going to make a, uh, a living. <laughs> However, um, you know, it's usually, uh, what is it, 25, 30 minutes of content amid the commercials. 22 minutes of commercials 22. in any hour. Wow. So we we don't have that. We have other needs. We have to keep the lights on and such, as as Vinny was saying and Dan was saying, and, and, and we need your support. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a lot of great shows on this radio station and, um, you know, as you explore it, then, um, you know, you find out the depth of these shows and the program hosts and all the work that goes into doing one of these things. Mm-hmm. 
So. And uh, you're going to be uh, basically giving us some of your best of, of what you've done so far, right, Doug? Well, I don't know if they're the best. but <laughs> <laughs> I think they're pretty good. We have some snippets to give you a flavor if you've never heard the program before. And for those of you who have, this will be a uh, little reprise for you. Um, Memorial Day. Uh, it aired June 12th. And uh, Teresa Cahagis invited us to attend the second annual Living History Oral Expression Contest at the historic Grace Episcopal Church in Honesdale. That was built in 1854. So appropriately, 14 area high school students gave their interpretations of Civil War era speeches, addresses, letters, etc. I mean, so the church was there when the the war between the states, or if you could do it down south, some of my friends call it the the war of northern aggression yet. But uh, <laughs> the afternoon program was enhanced with historical color commentary by George Kane, period music provided by Electric Cahagis on mandolin and Leonidas Cahagis on fiddle and banjo. And that young man has a, uh, a future in bluegrass. Great. If he chooses to pursue it. Uh, as well as other attendees in period uniform and costume. It was a fascinating program. So here's an excerpt as these young folks apply their own unique impressions of these historic records. Good afternoon. Thank you for coming to Grace Episcopal Church, which is... Uh, the foundation of this event supporting the Delaware Company. They provide this beautiful space, which is, of course, a historic building, and it is contemporary to the words that you will be hearing today, which is, I think, extra special in bringing history to life. And uh, we're really looking forward to these young people uh, breathing life into these words in this actual building. I just would like to um, read a quick poem that was shared with me uh, by a veteran and, uh, and to acknowledge Memorial Day. Um, the poem goes as follows. It is the veteran, not the preacher, who has given us freedom of religion. It is the veteran not the reporter who has given us freedom of the press. It is the veteran, not the poet, who has given us freedom of speech. It is the veteran, not the campus organizer, who has given us freedom to assemble. It is the veteran, not the lawyer, who has given us the right to a fair trial. It is the veteran, not the politician, who has given us the right to vote. It is the veteran who salutes the flag, who serves under the flag, and whose coffin will be draped by the flag. May we just take a moment to remember our veterans. And now uh, we're going to uh, bring to life some words that were uh, being spoken during a time of the greatest constitutional crisis our country has ever faced. Anyway, with uh, no further ado, I would like to introduce Mr. George Kane, who is going to uh, kindly give us the names of the young people speaking, and uh, I will let him take over from there. Thank you, Teresa. You're a hard act to follow. And above all, I'd like to thank all of our contestants, for all the hard work they put in, because they're the ones who are really going to bring this to life. It's a competition. They're all going to put forth their best, and I want to thank you all and wish you all the best of luck. I think hearing the words of the people who actually lived during the time gives us a perspective that we probably never thought about and certainly was never taught in school. And that's one of the reasons that makes this so important. The second person in our junior division is Electric Cahagis. I will be doing the Gettysburg Address, which was delivered at the dedication of the cemetery at Gettysburg. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men 
are created equal. Now, we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation, or any nation, so conceived and so dedicated, can long endure. We are met on a great battlefield of that war. We have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those who here gave their lives so that that nation might live. It is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this. But in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate. We cannot consecrate. We cannot hallow this ground. The brave men, living and dead, who struggled here have consecrated it far above our poor power to add or detract. The world will little note, nor long remember, what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. It is for us the living, rather, to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that from these honored dead we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion, that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation, under God, shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. With a speech like that, what else is there to say, mm-hmm. right? So that was, a, it was a great afternoon, and there, was, there were 14 kids that uh, that That's did great. those speeches. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I understand so. we have a, a family connection to one of the speakers here. We don't want to let that happen. <laughs> oh, okay. But, uh, All right. but I, can, yeah. I cannot tell a lie. Electra Cahagis, I think she was 12 or 13 at the time. Oh, geez. And, uh, yes, uh, our granddaughter. Very, very proud. Very proud of her. You should be very, very proud of very her. Proud of her. I'm, we're very and, proud and of her. And Teresa, you know, for all the homeschooling that she did. There yep. you go. Yep. We're very proud of the young people for paying tribute to our veterans uh, here. Uh, you're listening to Let's Talk Vets on WJFF during our fun drive. I'm Dan, the general manager here with uh, Vinny and also with uh, our host, uh, Doug Sandberg. And uh, we're trying to make a $250 challenge, a uh, special challenge out there for you vets, friends of vets, family of vets. Uh, or just plain uh, listeners to uh, Let's Talk Vets here at WJFF, call in with your pledges of support uh, to help knock down this $250 challenge and let Doug Sandberg know that uh, what he does as a volunteer here is uh, something that you appreciate on WJFF. Let us know that you're listening and let us know you appreciate it and send your comments, suggestions, or complaints (laughs) to uh, vets at WJFFradio.org and it will get to me. So, I mean... I can't say enough about the vets, being a vet. And uh, before we left the house, I saw the uh, Congressional Medal of Honor bestowed on a master sergeant by our president. Mm. And, you know, Congressional Medal of Honor is something special. But every vet that signed on the dotted line uh, wrote a blank check back by the account of their life. And and one never knows um, what one's going to be faced with or whether you'll come home in one piece or come home at all. So uh, vets are very special people, and if you're not a vet, when you see a vet, thank them for their service because um, they are truly the 1% that protect the rest of us. Hey, Doug. Yeah. Thank you for your service. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. That was good. 845-482-4141, a special way to thank Doug for his service is to make a pledge of support for WJFF. (laughs) Let's let's get that matching pledge going. Um, So as I said, we do a lot of uh, a variety of things. We look for um, programs and services uh, of interest to vets. And one of the programs, one of the the interview we're about to hear, is about a unique program 
with Action Toward Independence in Concert with Wounded Warriors, and it's a service dog program. This aired uh, on August 14th, and um, I think that uh, you'll enjoy um, this cut because it tells you all about the program and and uh, Mark Herbert, who is the MICA slash Veteran Service Coordinator, uh, chats with me about the program. Mark? Yes. How are you today? I am good. What I want to talk about is your role as the Veterans Peer Advocate. Okay. Um, I am a veteran. I served in the U.S. Coast Guard for seven years, and I am now the new veteran peer advocate for ATI. My role is to help veterans in any way I can. Also, we run a wounded warrior program to supply service dogs to veterans with PTSD. Let's talk about dogs. All right. What do you want to know about dogs? Well, I think I established that kind of has to be a match made between the vet and the dog. What we do is do an intake on the veteran. We see what kind of animal he would want. We also go to the home, see if the living space is up to code. Okay, so once we've established that a vet could benefit from a service dog, what do we do now? Uh, We come in. We we, uh, actually find them a dog. We go through training. Um, Right now, I have quite a few veterans already completed phase one. That's a six-week course with vet and dog. And I'm working on a couple other vets for phase two, which is public access, Uh, bringing the dog out into the public, making sure he performs and obeys all commands. Okay, so phase one is is basically um, getting the vet and the dog together and working through all kinds of different situations that they know each other. And then the dog mainly helps them avoid um, situations that might trigger. That's correct. Uh, That's the biggest thing. Uh, We don't want a vet out there get triggered by something they uh, did in the past. So that's what the service dog does. He senses and also he will nudge him, get him away from what's triggering him. And over time, he will use this service dog as a companion type service. Would you go to a specific breed of dog for a matchup? Yes. Uh, Mostly the uh, breeds that we would like to use would be a medium to large size dog, Labradors, Golden Retrievers, German Shepherds, any kind of breed that has known in the past to be service animals. Okay, so the six-week program, phase one, how many hours do you spend with the vet, how many days a week? The six-week program is one day a week, two to three hours per training day. So I spend three hours total with the vet and the dog and the trainer. And then phase two, what does that involve? Phase two is what I run. I take the dog and the veteran out into public and go through a list of questions, commands, suggestions. I help the dog, hopefully not to be petted, bother other animals. Only I only want the service dog to be with the owner and nothing else. Okay, so after that, then do we go on to graduation or is there a phase three? There is a phase three that is our refresher course. And then after that, you have graduation. Okay, so 
over all the phases, a typical vet, uh, from start to finish, how long does it take? It takes a couple months. Okay. And we're back. We are. We are. Hang on. You're not back yet. I'm back-ish. We're back-ish. You there are, we you go. You are now. And, uh, hey, Doug. Yeah. We got a pledge. We got a pledge. Actually, we got, we got we a couple pledge. of pledges. We had one from Anonymous in Kayamisha Lake. Thank you very much. Okay. And then somebody with a bit of a, a, a familiar last name, Joseph Sandberg called. Sandberg. Wow. Uh, with, a, with a donation of support. Thank you very much. Very generous of uh, Joseph. Seems uh, like I should know him. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Joe. <laughs> very good. From down in Port Jervis. Thank you so much. I know that's where you're from, Doug. Yep. 845-482-4141. And thanks to those calls. Uh, we now have only a hundred and fifty dollars to go in our uh, in our two hundred and fifty dollar challenge on let's talk vets let's meet that match let's make that match uh, we now have a little less than 40 minutes to do it though and then once we make the challenge and this is this is my promise to the audience once we make that 250 i be quiet I let ju- I let I'll I'll be quiet i'll let doug take the rest of the show we won't interrupt it for pledging anymore because we met the challenge uh, you get a full-on uh, Let's Talk Wow, Vets. that's a big incentive. I try. I know. No one likes to listen to Vinny, me. Vinny, when was the last time that happened? <laughs> 845-482-4141. Call with your pledge of support. Join uh, Anonymous and Kayamisha Lake. Join Joseph Sandberg uh, and all the rest of your friends and neighbors who have given to the fun drive so far. But particularly, let's support Let's Talk Vets. Call now. Yeah, we had a lot of interesting stuff going on uh, in the program. We have a lot of good stuff coming up. We have a report on the um, the National Purple Heart Hall of Honor over in New Windsor is basically doubling the size of their facility. So we have an interview that we're going to broadcast sometime in the next couple of months on that with the director and, um, and some folks. And uh, let's see, what else did we get? We just have... So many good interviews coming coming up. We'll be talking to Sullivan County Workforce Development. We talked to BATS, which is Transitional Housing for Vets up in Liberty. Great. And that'll be coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony Covington. Yes, I think I introduced you to yes, him. Yes, you did, of course. I try. You did. Yep. And, uh, and, and you do it well. <laughs> Thank you. So there's, there's a lot of good stuff coming up, and I hope you folks continue to listen because um, – this is a labor of love for me. It's it's a lot of work to put this show together, but I love it. And um, it's very interesting to do. It brings me back to my days in radio when I was a young man, <laughs> a younger man, <laughs> many years ago. And here we are. They they say it's full circle, right? You, sir, are absolutely young at heart here on WJF. Young at heart. Hey, that'd be a great name for a song, mm. right? 845-482-4141. That's the song I want to hear because I want to hear those phones ringing. Uh, for Let's Talk Vets and for Doug Sandberg and the work that he does here to uh, keep you informed as to what's going on uh, in the veterans community with services for veterans, um, veterans impacts, uh, stories of what's available and stories of what veterans are doing in the area. Do it now, 845-482-4141. You know, a while back, um, I heard a story that really disturbed me and should disturb any of you listening, whether you're a vet or not, and it was about the University of Colorado, and there were some students out there that didn't feel that vets belonged on their campus. Right. They felt that they um, brought the wrong message, and uh, there was a lot of very disrespectful things attributed just to their being there. So we decided to go up to Sullivan County Community College and mm-hmm. talk to the veterans advisor up there. I think you know Bob Eiler, don't you? Yeah, good person. Yep. And um, what happened up there was um, they got a grant, and I'm trying to remember. It's a New York State mm-hmm. agency that gave them a grant to develop what they call a battle buddy room. Oh, yeah, that's right. You, I remember the story. This is a great story. This is like a big day room for the vets in the club, and it's a place for them to get away, and they can work on computers in that room. They can watch a big screen TV. They can sit in comfortable chairs. They can just take a nap and relax. And uh, so we decided to find out about uh, Sullivan County Community College and their program for vets. Uh, it's it, you know, and 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 we were we were quite pleased with what we heard. 
So here's a little bit of that, about that uh, with uh, Bob Eiler, who's the veteran uh, club coordinator. He's a professor, and he has a background in um, uh, police work and emergency services. Here's Bob Eiler. Visiting with Professor Robert Eiler, SUNY Sullivan Community College. Hello, Professor. Hello there. Um, how and when did the SUNY Sullivan Veterans Program come about? Well, for my knowledge, there's always been some sort of veterans program on campus. Well, I don't think it was well known. Uh, I got involved. Some veterans approached me and asked if we, we sort of got some vets together. I talked to some people uh, that were running the program, and we sort of took it from there and tried to expand on it. And when was that? That was, uh, that was a, a couple years ago when we started the, pro the process. Some vets enlisted right out of high school and perhaps ended up in military jobs that really have no civilian equivalent. So how does SUNY Sullivan help the vet discover what type of education that they should pursue or want to pursue? It's sort of twofold. If you get a, a person who's a little older, uh, they might have an idea what they want. They sort of fit into the program they're looking for. So they're coming out of the military, they're a little older, they realize uh, some of them go into the medical field, uh, some go into law enforcement, some sort of DV, whatever their interest. So we try to match them up with whatever programs like any other student that they're interested in. So most of them have some idea what they want to do when they come here? Absolutely. There's some sort of career focus that they're looking in and they're, they're, they're zeroing in on. How do you guys help the veteran get started because it can be a little bit um, intimidating does admissions walk them through that process and help them along with that? Absolutely. When they come in, we try to identify them right off the bat if they're a veteran. If they don't tell us they're a veteran, then they sort of get lost as far as matriculating like any other student. But once they're identified as a veteran, we see what the status is, uh, what bills, the post-9-11 bill they're eligible for, and then we sort of, we sort of flag them, and uh, I try to get a hold of them myself, to have them come see me as the, as the veteran advisor, and, and then financially we deal with what they have to do. I don't deal with the, with the financial aid part of it or the admissions, but once they're flagged, I try to get them to get incorporated into the club to make sure that they're getting the post-9-11 bill and the Referring to those services. Do you happen to know, is there anything available to vets beyond the GI Bill as far as help? There are tons of bills out there. The post-9-11 bill is the, mo is the most uh, pertinent one. Uh, we do have a couple of veterans, older veterans, that aren't uh, eligible for any, but we still, they're still veteran students here. So we try to uh, find something that, that, that could support them. If not, it's, you know, that's maybe sometimes the, the disconnect between being separated from the service and, and then coming to the school what's available. We try to give them other support services if they need like legal advice or legal help. We have uh, referrals to them as well. One of the benefits of college life is working in a diverse cultural environment at a time when some college university student bodies include groups that do not welcome veterans for various reasons. What measures does this institution take to raise mutual understanding and respect? Well, I can honestly say that we don't have any of those issues here. We bring the military on campus for recruitment, so the, the school is very good with opening their arms to opening the doors to the military. They're here all the time. I worked with the recruiters sometimes as myself. They're very much a military-friendly school here. Do you find a um, cultural divide or age divide between the normal demographics of the student body and the older veterans who are more perhaps disciplined and have a little different outlook on life? Oh, absolutely. The veterans themselves, just being a little older, obviously, gone through what they've gone through, the training and everything else. And they're here just to do their business. They might have, even have a family or work, something like that. So they're pretty much more older and grounded in that way, in that respect, than the, than the student coming out of high school, which obviously there's a big difference. So are the veterans intimidated by the students sometimes? Are the students intimidated by the veterans? No, I, I think... Um, you know, you wouldn't even know who they are. Okay. They wouldn't, we don't even know who they are. No, no one's walking around in uniform. Right, right, <laughs> so, right. so they don't know who they are. So then they, they, they all work together, and there's really no issues here at all with that. No animosity. What type of training do educators and staff receive relative to being sensitive to and dealing with the unique challenges faced for, by veterans? Well, there's no real formal training program that we go through to recognize the, uh, 
veteran program. I think it's just all dealt with mutual respect. Uh, we do respect our veterans here. That does, you know, that is trickled down from the, from the top down. Uh, so that sort of permeates through the, the staff and faculty. So there are individuals that do work with the veterans uh, uh, in the learning center and, and things of that nature to help them with their GI bills and stuff like that. So they're probably trained for that type of administrative work. And shortly we're going to meet with the Veterans Club? Yes, we do have a Veterans Club here. Uh, Somewhat small, but a, a tight, cohesive unit. We've done a lot of fundraising for ourselves, and they're just and they're just really good people. And they all have different walks of life, different different branches of the military, um, but we all get together great, and we, and we all enjoy each other's company. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for all you're doing. Thank you for putting the spotlight on here. And we need the people in, in the county to come here, register. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter if you want to take a, a couple classes, get here, get some education, find out what you're eligible for, and let's get you going. And the most important thing, it's a welcoming environment. Yes, it is. We're, we're welcoming. Uh, I'm a retired law enforcement, so my, you know, my arms are open to you guys, and I want to thank you for everything you've done. Oh, that's terrific. Thank you again, Robert right. Eiler. And i got to tell you, I was very impressed with that facility up there and with Bob Eiler. And in yeah. a couple of minutes, we'll talk to some of the vets. But what else is going on, Dan? Uh, looks like we got another pledge in. Thank you very much. Uh, Danielle has come in, so we got a little bit further down the road uh, here at WJFF, 845-482-4141. I want you to join Danielle. I want you to join uh, our uh, anonymous in Kayamisha Lake. I want you to join uh, Mr. Joseph Sandberg as well. In uh, helping to support uh, Let's Talk Vets this evening, 845-482-4141. We've got uh, less than, okay, English major math. That's always never a good sign. Uh, But I've got about about, a little less than 130 bucks to go, I think. Wow. So we could do it. We could absolutely do it. Um, You vets who are out there, you uh, family of vets, you... Friends of vets are just people who um, are listening to the show because you know that Doug is bringing something pretty special to our airwaves. We need to hear your calls. 845-482-4141. We've got Let's Talk Vets on. You've just heard a great story, uh, and I think we're going to get some continuance of it on uh, SUNY Sullivan. And um, I love how, you know, and actually that story you told me about what was happening out in Colorado, that was the story I think you even came in the door with. You were talking to me about it. And um, I knew that the I, I, I knew that the the colleges in uh, New York State were actually doing their best to make a home for vets, and uh, it really, really I think turned um, it really shows that they're really creating a real home for them because the vets vets want to be with vets, you know, and they want to be in a quiet place, and they want also to not only to learn, but there's also opportunities that they can take advantage of that if they're, if they're gathered together, it's good for the school to let people know what, you know, what are the, what are the services, what are the opportunities, what are the scholarships that are available. And if they've got a room to be in, um, that's theirs. Um, then they can really feel like they can take ownership and really take control of their lives. And, you know, Sullivan County, and I'm sure other organizations and and schools of higher education have similar, but they have a a work-study program Mm -hmm. where the vet can actually work and and get a a federal paycheck under, you know, as associated with the VA for doing some work. So there's all kinds of ways to do that. Um, Having said that, um, I was unaware of all of the veterans' services and all of the things available to vets. Now, I know a lot of vets are pretty self-dependent. Yeah. And they don't want to ask for anything. No. Well, I want to be very clear that uh, when when you're going for these services and a lot of things, they are not charity. They're not handout. You have earned these things the hard way. Yes. And as hard as it is for any person. Some harder than others. Man or woman to to say, I need some help. Uh, look at it as a hand up, not mm-hmm. a hand out. Yep. Okay, as is the case with BATS up here, the transitional housing, uh, which provides a safe environment, a limited number of people, a safe place in a managed home for a vet to have a clean bedroom, have the amenities they need, mm-hmm. get three squares, and they will help them get to appointments that they may need to get their life squared away so they can move on to permanent housing. Yep, be and, there with other vets and who have with similar vets, experiences, right. people you can talk to. Um, but also, I mean, and, and Doug, you particularly, I think, with Let's Talk Vets, 
um, you're letting you're letting the public know what the spectrum of services are. So, you know, people who might be afraid to ask or might feel like, well, that's you know, I was I was taught to be self sufficient, but they're getting that information from you um, without having to ask, right. and then they can take it upon themselves to be like, oh. Now that I know that this is my objective, I can make my way towards it and I can achieve my goals. So uh, if what uh, if uh, you're a vet and you've been listening to Let's Talk Vets, if you've learned something or uh, you appreciate that what Doug is doing here is educating people as to what's available out there. And again, also what vets are doing in the community, how they're contributing to this community. It's not all about like what services are available and here are people who only need help. Here are people who are helping. Yes. And that's a great message, and that's a message I hope that you will support by calling 845-482-4141 and helping us meet this challenge. We now have less than 25 minutes to go to make this challenge here at WJFF. Um, like I said, it uh, looks like between $130, $140 to go. Um, we can do it with just a couple of phone calls. And really, whatever that you uh, can do to help us knock this down, if it's $10 and $20, Thank you. We will take that. If it's more than that, if it's 50, if it's 100, thank you. That will help us as well. That will help us clear this, get us another $500 a row to our own objective here of making that $40,000 goal. One step at a time. Uh, I think uh, soldiers learn that very early on, that every march is one step at a time. So uh, we need you to help us march down the road. 845-482-4141. Support Let's Talk Vets on WJFF. Thank you, Dan. I, you're welcome. You're you're a very eloquent speaker. I am just making it up as I go along, and and you do it, <laughs> and you do it very well. Thank very you, well. sir. Um, so much of what Dan always says is made up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, uh, we just heard from Bob Eiler up to Sullivan County um, Community College, and as a part of that program. We went to their, their battle buddy room, and we talked to four different vets that were there. So we'd like to share that little piece of that program with you as well. Okay, we're here in the uh, Veterans Lounge at Sullivan County Community College. And uh, this is a, a, a room, I guess like a day room, that's for vets. And this is a place they can come to talk amongst themselves and do homework. Your name is, sir? Walter Van Vliet. What branch of the service? U.S. Army. U.S. Army. Where did you serve in? I uh, did 22 and a half years. Um, medically retired. Gulf War. Okay. Desert Storm. Uphold Democracy. Haiti. Panama. Okay. Wow. So you've been around. Um, how do you find this program here? Uh, this room's a plus. For especially for us vets, I think, because we we need to quiet. And we have access to the computers, the printer, television. You know, it's, this room's necessary for us. One of the questions I asked Professor Eiler was about fitting in or communicating with the younger, less disciplined student body. There's really no issues here. The, the students seem to accept us. Okay, well, there's, there's probably some older folks here that aren't veterans in the student body anyhow, and you guys don't walk around with a sign on, right? No, but they pretty much know who's a vet. They, they figured it out pretty quick. Well, thank you very much. I'm going to move move over to this young lady here. Your name? My name is Doris Sharp. I'm U.S. Navy. I did six years, mostly overseas. Cold War veteran to to Desert Shield. Okay. Were you were you on a, on a ship? I presume. Or? Actually, no. I mostly did naval air stations. Oh, okay. How do you find this environment here? Um, well, I love the Battle Buddy Room here at SUNY Sullivan. It, it's been just a great place for, for me to come and, and, and de-stress from, from academia. And we do, as veterans, uh, need that quiet space to, to gather our thoughts, get things together. And while we do get out in the rest of the population here at SUNY, we, we do have that need to, to be a little bit separate. Um, it's not so noisy, not so crowded. Um, and to be among veterans uh, who who've shared a lot of the same things um, has really been a great thing while I've been here. How do you find um, the challenges of academia compared to what you did in the Navy? 
Well, all I did was learn in the Navy. Oh, okay. Um, but, but academia, at, at my age, being older, is a lot harder than I thought it would be. It's a lot harder to, to stay focused and on task. And um, I find that uh, other students do different things than I do. It makes for a wonderful classroom discussion, but I also feel challenged that I'm not, I'm not up to date and here today. Um, but but it is, uh, it's a lot harder than I anticipated. What are you studying? Graphic arts. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. And we'll move on to you, sir. What's your name? Uh, Lance Whedon. Um, I was an uh, Army, um, a 54th Engineer Battalion, early 90s to 2000-something earlier. I, uh, I like the room. It definitely, like they were saying, it gives us a place where we can study and not be surrounded by so much noise. That's something I have noticed with the younger guys. They're They're loud. <laughs> <laughs> they're loud. Yeah, um, it's it's a great experience having this room set up for us because we can we can come in we can study we can do our homework we can do what we have to do be surrounded by people of our nature uh, you know it's no matter your sexual orientation your color your your you know whatever vets all group together we have our own people you now it's definitely a plus having this here in the school it really is. Anything else you'd like to say? Um, I hope they keep this for a long time coming, and you know maybe down the road they could expand on it a little bit. If there was another uh, a veteran listening to this tonight, um, what would you say to them if programs like here at, at SUNY Sullivan? Oh, do it, do it. It makes the whole learning process so much easier. You know, I graduated high school in '97, and I'm back in college now. It was a little nerve-wracking trying to figure out if I wanted to graduate at 42. And this makes the process so much easier. It, you, it really does. Pursuing? I'm actually going for nursing. Are you? Yep. Great. Yep. That's a great, that's a great uh, yep. profession, and uh, you'll make a good living at it. That's the so. plan. That's the plan. That is the plan. <laughs> what a great – and to go from, you know, to, to nursing. Yeah. Nurse, that was like a, a, like that's – I love that turn in it. Like I, I think that is in some ways an unexpected answer there. Well, there you had uh, – there were there were a number of different age groups here. Right. And uh, the one lady talked about her – she was out of the Navy, and she talked about one of her biggest challenges was the technology. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, getting used to the computers and what have you. And, yep. and then the rest of these guys, it was some – there was more people there. Uh, the one the one young fellow had his parents in from Des Moines or someplace oh, wow. out in the Midwest, and they were visiting. So it was a very enjoyable day. So it's it's uh, it's, it's really and and great. You get to hear right out of the mouths of veterans, right? Um, what is available and why it's a positive. So um, again, you know, this is what Let's Talk Vets is all about. Get those veterans' voices out there. Um, have uh, have people learn what the resources are and also to illustrate how people are moving their lives forward and contributing, really contributing to uh, the, live, the life of uh, Sullivan County, northeastern Pennsylvania. If that's something you appreciate, hearing the voices of veterans here on WJFF, then we ask that you give us a call, 845-482-4141. Uh, we're getting close to just a little over 15 minutes to go, and I've got $130 I still need to make on this, uh, on, on this challenge here. Uh, let's, uh, let's show Doug Sandberg how much we appreciate having him, and let's talk vets once a month on WJFF. Uh, a unique voice on here, uh, and a voice I hope uh, will add uh, get added to uh, veterans who are interested in uh, working at the station, learning a little bit more about what we do. Um, we'd love to have you join as well. Um, obviously, Doug has some limited capacity. I think we've all seen that tonight. <laughs> I've had limited capacity for years. <laughs> He'd love some help. We'd love, we, we'd love, you know, we'd love to bring you all on board as well. So if you, uh, give us a call if you're interested in volunteering. We'd love to bring you here and uh, and have you help us out. But right now, we need you to help us out with the fun drive. Call now at eight four five four eight two four one four one and uh, support Let's Talk Best and all the great volunteer driven programming here on WJFF. And I can tell you, the pay is great. <laughs> yeah, Dan, Dan uh, tells me every every time I'm here. Hey, I got Krispy Kreme donuts downstairs. <laughs> I get exactly what I deserve in in terms of pay pay or was that payback? I'm not sure. Yes, but how did I deserve you? Eight four five four eight two four one four one. Just clean living, my boy. Clean living. So 
continuing on with some of these interesting things, um, as you may know, um, on 9-11, we had the American Veterans Traveling Tribute Wall right. over at Rock Hill. Now, that, that was a, a sight to behold. It was at the Rock Hill Fire Department. And for those of you that haven't been there, i got to tell you, they have a first-class facility over there. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. In terms of their firehouse and their their baseball field and their grounds, it's it's like a park back in there. Mm-hmm. A lot of pride in that community. Beautiful A lot of place. veteran pride in that community, too. Yes, yes. And we saw that because the American Veterans Traveling Tribute Wall, uh, 360 feet long, so it literally uh, spanned the entire outfield fence. And it was beautiful, and we had a locator program set up so that on a computer so that anybody that was looking for a particular vet could come mm-hmm. in with a few mm-hmm. pieces of information. Right. We could spot them to the exact location on the wall so they could go in and take a rubbing of the name uh, with a pencil and a paper as a, as a memento of that. And we had some, had some interesting things happen there. And I'd like to play a number of cuts that I got from veterans who I um, happened to see there and meet there and asked them for their impressions. So there's going to be several, several cuts um, of, these, of these different vets, and I think, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, and before we do, just a reminder, uh, we still need $130 yep. to make this challenge. Um, Jug's going to bring you the voices of the people that brought the wall here, but we can't do it without this radio station, and we can't have this radio station without you. Call now, 845-482-4141, less than 15 minutes ago, to make $130 more and meet this challenge. And then, then we have, so the challenge is 250 right? That's correct. So then if we make the 250 we get another 250 so we'll generate $500. $500. And you can do that out there and, and make this worthwhile. I mean, this is... One of the reasons that I do this is to get the word out to vets, but, I mean, this is a great radio station with a lot of great people who are all here because they want to be. That's right. Not because we get paid. <laughs> but there's, and, and, but, but we get paid in so many ways. I mean, hanging around with uh, other folks that are volunteers, but are I would have to put in the professional category mm-hmm. as far as the product that they produce. Uh, we have some we have some really really great people. Yeah, some amazing and some great people. subjects. Yep. So, this is worthwhile, folks. Come on, we got about thirteen minutes left, twelve minutes left, mm-hmm. hundred and thirty bucks, and we'll generate five hundred dollars for the station. So, come on, vets, show them what you're made of. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. And uh, what was your name, sir? Tony Wayne. And uh, what branch did you serve in? When did you serve? And where did you serve? 19th Combat Engineer, the Army, 68 and 69. How long were you in country? Six months to the day. Um, What's your impression of this wall? It's unbelievable. It's got everybody's name. It's it's unbelievable. Did you find anybody that you knew on the wall? Alan Milk. We were looking for him special. Yeah, he's one of the 12 that we identified from Sullivan County. Right. So... Where, where do you live? Fremont Center. Fremont Center. Went to school with Alan Milk, too. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. So uh, have you been to the wall in Washington? No. no. Would you? Uh, one of the vets expressed, he said uh, yesterday, he said, I never went because I didn't know if I could handle it, but he said, now that I've been here, I think I can do it. You don't, I, I could go down there, but it wouldn't bother me. But yeah. the, my problem is going for a long ride. I've got that many sore spots from the Vietnam War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have a a Purple Heart or more? Purple Heart, that's it. Have you been to the Purple Heart Hall of Honor in New Windsor? No, but my name's in there. It's a beautiful facility. You should go there. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. What's your name, sir? My name is Dennis Burnett. And where did you serve, branch of service, and when? I served in the Army. I served in Chu Lai, Vietnam in 1967-68. How long were you there? About a year? Or? A little over a year. Okay. Were you in the field? At times, yes. Wow. Let's step back underneath here. It's raining. Okay. There we go. So what is your feeling about this display? Well, this display 
is the second time, actually the third time I've seen the traveling wall. I've never gone to the wall in Washington. I don't know if I could bring myself there, but I'm enjoying this kind of hearing. I think it's a much less somber situation for me, which I don't want to get that bad on. I have my feelings. I have a local boy here, Alan Milk, who uh, served, knew him very well, and uh, that's the reason I come here, basically. So okay. It's a pretty amazing display when you, if you could see it, for our folks in radio, this thing is 360 feet long, and it's two-thirds the size of the, of the one, one in D.C. Mm-hmm. 58,300 names? At least, anyway. Something like and that. And counting, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you. And uh, we may do Radio Star today. All righty. Thank you. <laughs> Good afternoon. Good afternoon. What's your name, sir? Uh, where did you serve? When? And for how long? My name is John Rada. I served in the Republic of Vietnam in Cornloy, Phuc Vinh, Song Bay, Tainan, June of 69 to June of 70. What was your job? I was a Medical Service Corps officer in charge of about 20 medics for the entire battalion. What's your impression of, of the wall here? It brings back memories that uh, I want to, to remember. Uh, things that happened back then, it's very stirring. Have you been to the one in Washington? Yes, I have. Uh, this is better because it's on home, t- home territory. It's not down in Washington where uh, everything is different down there. Where do you live? I live in Woodridge. Oh, okay, right around the corner. Yes. Yep. Well, thank you for talking to us, and uh, appreciate you. Thank you for your service. You're quite welcome. So we're having a conversation with a gentleman that's better known as Rocky Ortega of the Sullivan County Vets Coalition. Good morning, Rock. Good morning. Nice to see you, Doug. Rock's a little under the weather, so we're not going to hold him that long. Um, I wanted to get his impressions as an individual, as a Vietnam vet, about the wall. Rock, what's your overall feeling as a vet about that wall, and how did it make you feel? Well, for any Vietnam veteran, the wall is sacred ground. Even if it's a, a, a replica of the wall, as we had here in uh, Rock Hill, we still consider it sacred ground. Those 58,000 names on that wall are all our friends and uh, you know buddies that we lived with for a year of war. Um, overall, I have to say the whole event uh, went off almost hitchless, almost smoothless. Uh, we had a couple of little glitches here and there, you know, in the caravan got split in two at one point, and uh, the rain, of course, that came down on uh, Saturday parade day was, you know, made the crowd a little smaller, but all in all, I'm going to rate this a success. I think uh, everything came out fine. I'm very happy with the, the attendance and the school kids and everybody who came to visit the wall, so... Now say a little bit about that, uh, about the school kids that uh, participated. I thought that that was a good move, and it was pretty impressive to make sure that young people understand what's going on. Yeah, well, from the very beginning, uh, Doug, you attended many of the meetings. You know that we've been trying to pitch this thing as a community event where the community, the Sullivan County residents, could all get involved in some way. I was very happy. I reached out to all the school districts and spoke to the superintendents and... Uh, a good four districts sent schools. I know BOCI sent like four classes, Liberty, uh, Roscoe, Livingston Manor, uh, Tri-Valley. Tri-Valley was very good. Got to give a shout-out to Tri-Valley bands and choir who came and performed that Thursday evening for us, Thursday afternoon for us, excuse me. Uh, it, it was just a, a good event. Uh, we, had, we got the Boy Scouts, Troop 101 from Rock Hill involved. They were there for our ceremonies and helped us out a good deal. And, you know, you just can't say enough about my veterans that volunteered and were there hour after hour helping people locate uh, names on the wall, which is a very uh, emotional thing to do, you know. A couple of little stories. We had one guy who drove, uh, Afghan veteran, drove 10 hours from Virginia 
to stand guard with his Vietnam father, Vietnam veteran father. That was, you know. And they did an overnight shift together. So you had father and son, two different wars, but there together. I I also had a, 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 a almost weird incident where I had one guy come in and ask me to locate a name on the wall. I went to our computer and located the name. Now, two minutes later, another person walks in and asks me for the same name. I said, you know, this guy over there, and I pointed to the guy who had just stepped out of the, uh, the the shed there that we were using. The guy over there just asked for the same name. These three individuals went to high school together. Mm. Both guys that survived came back and were looking for his, their third buddy. Mm. And the two guys who met there at the war hadn't seen each other for 30 years, so they reunited. And it's stories like these, these little background stories that make it all worthwhile. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the, the pathos, the emotions are there. So it's, it's a great, great thing. You know, I haven't been to D.C. to see the wall, but um, very impressive. Well, look, thanks a lot for everything you did, and um, thanks for spending some time with us on the radio. Well, Doug, I want to thank you in particular because you were there in my committee meetings right from the very start. And I want to thank the guys at uh, JFF. They've been supporting us from the very beginning on this. So uh, congratulations to you guys, and uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. And we're back. And we are. 845-482-4141. Really great to get a shout-out from a vet here at the end of that story, uh, both to Doug for the great work that he does. Uh, and then also, uh, I appreciate that he gave one to Jeff, JFF as well. If you appreciate what Doug does, um, you know we only have about five minutes to go, actually less than that, to uh, make this uh, challenge. Uh, still $130 to go. Come on, vets. I know you uh, see an objective and you know how to achieve it. I need you to help us achieve it now. Do what you can. Throw in what you have. Uh, be happy to take whatever it is, and we will gratefully receive it and put it towards the goal. 845-482-4141. Call now to support Doug Sandberg and uh, his show, Let's Talk Vets, and all the great volunteer-driven programs here, bringing community voices together. That's what WJFF does. Uh, we're proud to have Let's Talk Vets as yet another voice here on WJFF. Uh, if you're happy to have it, if you're listening to it right now, um, then you understand what Doug is doing. And if you uh, do appreciate it, then we ask that you call and give us back a little bit so we can keep it going. 845-482-4141 or give us an online pledge at WJFFradio.org. And thank you so much, Dan, for being here tonight and helping me out because I get nervous. I know. That's why I'm here, yeah. to stop the shakes. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. And, and we have... Uh, underwriters that support this great radio station and our program that are here also. And uh, they constantly give us support. Yep. And that support comes from you also, which we need now, but all year long. Mm -hmm. And the River Reporter newspaper in Narrowsburg, New yep. York, theriverreporter.com, and from Wayne Memorial Hospital and Wayne Memorial Health System, more than 200 health care uh, professionals uh, available for folks that live over across the river in Pennsylvania and, of course, in um, the New York side of things. So, and we appreciate their support as well. And that about a wrap for me. And stay tuned for Dan, who's in for Brad tonight. We, we still have a few minutes here. Uh, yes, we still, do. And I will count every call that we get up until 8 o'clock towards Let's Talk Vets. Only 130 go to make this challenge. Uh, come on, folks. Uh, Let's Talk Vets uh, means something to you if you've learned something or if you've just appreciated that this volunteer has come in and uh, created a whole new audience for WJFF, then we ask that you give us a call now. 845-482-4141. Two minutes to go, folks. Two-minute warning. Give us a call for uh, Let's Talk Vets on WJFF. 845-482-4141. I'll be back in the morning briefly, and uh, we'll see you on Veterans Day, well, after Veterans Day, the second Wednesday, we'll be back with a special Veterans Day program here on Let's Talk Bets on WJFF, Jeffersonville and W233AH in Monticello. Good night.